time of music. We hope you've enjoyed the music tonight. And we still have uh, one more special that we're going to use as the invitation. And then we're going to ask the choir to come back again and just sing that song one more time as the benediction as we close the service. But I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. And we have... uh, been through the Christmas story uh, several different times already. By the time we get to Christmas Eve, Christmas Sunday, we always tell the story in its completion, in its completeness, I should say, uh, in our through the Bible time. And then uh, we have been picking up different parts and different sermons uh, through uh, the month of December. But tonight, what I would like for us to do is just walk through the book of Hebrews. And our title comes from the second passage of Scripture tonight. But we see Jesus. And in verse 6 of chapter 1 of the book of Hebrews, uh, it is talking about how God has made himself known or revealed himself to mankind Uh, If you turn in TBN, uh, you'll hear, I had a revelation. Please don't believe them. Uh, God's revelation is right here in the pages of this book. All the revelation that you will ever get, anything that you need to know about God, is right here. The only thing that isn't right here is your willing participation and submission to the words that are printed in here. And so, as God is explaining through the author of Hebrews how that in sundry times and diverse manners, many different ways and many different means through the millennia has God revealed His Word to us, it tells us that in these last days, He has spoken unto us by His Son. And in verse 6, this is, uh, uh, again, I hope I'm not repeating myself too much here, but this is my answer for those that don't want to celebrate Christmas. And again, when he, talking about God, bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. If God was willing to empty the choirs of heaven and send them to earth to sing and announce the birth of His Son, the incarnation, Emmanuel is the Bible word, God with us, then it won't hurt us to take notice as well. Now, of course, we understand Jesus was not born on December 25th. Uh, The calendars of the Bible prove that beyond any shadow of a doubt. He said, then why do we celebrate Christmas? Because I'm not lining up with the ACLU. And I'm not shaking hands with the atheist of America. And if little Linus, toting his blanket, can get it right, little Felix can hold the mic there and sing the words, I'm going to enjoy Christmas. How about you? And we need, there's not a one of us that doesn't need a little more joy. And a little break from all the things that happen. And I know Christmas is busy. Uh, I'll trade busy with you. Because for the preacher, it's double busy. Amen? And what we want to do is we want to take some time. And 
and understand that Jesus wasn't born to be the baby in the manger. But that night that he was, God emptied the choir loft of heaven and sent all those angels down to a lonely hillside outside the city of Bethlehem. And I believe that those shepherds were the shepherds that were taking care of the sacrificial flocks. That they were the priest shepherds. And the Bible in the book of Micah says that there was the first dominion, Migdal Eder, the tower of the flock. That was the place where Jacob took his flocks and Isaac before him. And Abraham and Lot would have stopped there as they were leaving Egypt with all of their flocks. It was a place where they still keep sheep today. And God announced and drew attention and told the world, Hey, I did something today, and I want you to take notice. The greatest revelation that God has given to man is Jesus Christ. He is the living Word. Your Bible is the written Word. There is no separation or contradiction in those two titles. And we come down to chapter 2. And I want you to read very carefully, quietly, as I read aloud, verse 9. It says, but we see Jesus. And tonight, I, I want to just take a few moments here. Uh, and Brother Franz knows I can preach long. And I'm not going to uh, tr- uh, try to anyway. But I, I want us to look at this. But we see Jesus. You know, the whole world's willing to see Jesus as a little baby in a manger. You know why? Because babies need to be taken care of. And somebody has to do that. But I want to tell you, my Jesus doesn't need to be taken care of. He takes care of me. He came. Let's read verse 9 here. It says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Now, I love the wording in my old King James Bible. I don't think it can be improved on, and I'm not going to try. And I disagree with those who think it can be. This is dealing with some of the deepest theological truths in the Bible. The incarnation of Jesus Christ, how that he was 100% God, yet 100% man. Why? God can't die, but man can. And the wages of sin is death. Now, how many of you are cooking something good for tomorrow's dinner? Some of it's already in the oven. Some of it's stewing. And, and uh, we have some things that we like to make up the night before and just let it kind of sit and whatever it does in the refrigerator overnight when nobody's looking because it just tastes better the next day. Amen? And how many of you have gotten caught when the cook's not looking, trying to taste what's going to be for dinner? I mean, we love to do that, do we not? 
And yet I want to tell you something. Jesus tasted something that none of us want to taste. But we're all going to taste it. I love my Bible. and My Bible says it's the valley of the shadow of death for those whom belong to the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. It's not the valley of death. It's just the shadow of it because Jesus took the poison out. That's why in Corinthians it says, O death, where is thy sting? Jesus has removed the penalty. Yes, this flesh and blood must be either laid in a grave or uh, cast into the sea. It will decompose and it will be brought back a glorified body on the day of resurrection for those that have trusted in Jesus as their Savior. That's why he came. But death does not hold for the believer in Jesus the pain and the suffering and the finality that it does for those who know not Christ. For us, death is until we meet again. And oftentimes at Christmas, we're reminded of family and friends and And as I grow older, I find one thing. I have a whole lot more family on the other side than I do on this side. Because they've passed away, people I've known. And I'm very thankful that most of the family that I know at least made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. They allowed him to remove the sting and the poison of death. You see, that's why he's crowned with glory. He did what no man could do. He did for me what if I did, it would take me an eternity in hell to pay. And yet, as the eternal God, he accomplished the satisfaction of God's holiness, the payment for every sin that was ever sinned in a finite period of time, just a few hours on a cross. You see, that's why we see Jesus. He's our Savior. That's what the angels told the shepherds. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. By the way, that's the only truly good news I have ever heard in my entire life. There is no other news that stays good. Oh, the stock market is going up. So are the taxes. Uh, You can take anything you want. And man messes it up. But I'll tell you one thing, man has never corrupted. The birth of Jesus Christ and the fact that he paid the price for my sins. Can we say amen to that tonight? Now I want you to turn very quickly to Hebrews chapter 12. There's a part of me wishes we could stop in every chapter and every verse and just walk the whole way through this book, but... We'd be here till Christmas is over if we did that, and I don't want to do that to you tonight. Chapter 9, verse 28 says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him, we're talking about seeing Jesus, shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Familiar verses for most of us here tonight. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin 
which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Here's looking unto Jesus. But we see Jesus. He was born a man in Bethlehem's manger to pay the price for all of our sins. He tasted death. So that when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we need to fear no evil. He already took it all out. Amen? But I don't know about you. Most of us plan to do a little living before we walk through that valley. Now, don't we? Uh, Most of us have things that we're looking forward to tonight and tomorrow and friends and family that we hope to see during this uh, special holiday. And I'm not going to uh, hide it. I'm rather excited. I'm going to have 11 of all our 12 children here. And we're going to have, uh, let me count this up again, five of the eight grandchildren. My wife's going, yeah, I got it right. Uh, Even Grandpa remembers those things on occasion. And, And we're just going to have a lot of noise. But it's going to be fun. You see, Jesus told the disciples, I've come to give you life. But what kind of life did he come to give them? An abundant life. He said, I want you to learn how to pray so that you can pray for the things that God wants to answer so that you can ask and God will give you what He wants to give you in His will, in Jesus' name, so that your joy might be full. How many of you know the joy of answered prayer? It says that we're to run this race with patience, looking unto Jesus. He's the author Our faith is all about Jesus. He's the finisher. Do you know what that means? You read Hebrews chapter 6. Jesus is waiting for us on the other side. He, as a man, had lived this life, was born that baby in Bethlehem, grew up to become a man, and never once did he transgress God's will. Never once did he give in to all of the temptation that the disciples placed upon him. Uh, we have it recorded, O oh, faithless generation. Uh, there were times when he called them fools and slow of heart. But Jesus never transgressed God's will. He just told the truth. Sometimes the truth isn't very pleasant when it's concerning us now, is it? But it says if we're going to run that race, we need to... Look unto Jesus. We need to be reminded that Jesus is not only our Savior. He is our example. He is the one that has run this race before us. In other passages here, it says that he was tempted in all points like as we, yet without sin. And it says that, that Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. If you have not known Jesus long enough and tried to serve him long enough that you've gotten a little weary in well-doing, I've got good news, it's coming. But here's the cure. You see, we need to see Jesus. We need to understand who he is. 
We need to understand that he was born in Bethlehem's manger, but he ran the race of life. How many of you have ever had to put up with someone who couldn't do something as well as you can? Is that not the work, working definition of frustration? I want you to think about Jesus. What could anyone do that he didn't already know everything about? Do you realize the disciples couldn't even cross the Sea of Galilee right without Jesus getting up and rebuking the wind and the waves? Jesus wants you and I to understand that it's not our talents and our abilities. It is his. And he came to live among us and be that example so that you and I will never have an excuse not to be obedient to Jesus Christ. We are to look to him. We are to see Jesus who is not ashamed to call us his brethren, would you turn, stay there in Hebrews chapter 12 and skip down to verse 15. We have that word again. It says, looking diligently, this is talking to you and I as believers in Christ, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold His birthright. Every one of us know people that used to come to church. That used to serve Christ. You see, we are to see Jesus for who he is. Because he's willing to be the firstborn among many brethren. We didn't cover that, but that's there in Hebrews chapter 2. He is our example because... He made the map, he ran the race, he finished the race, and he's waiting on the other side for us. But he wants you and I. This is what church is all about. Is to keep our eyes open to help and encourage each other in the way. To come by and grab a hold when someone's stumbling. To be that reminder. Every once in a while I'll be walking out in the street and someone will say, Hey, preacher, how are you? Wow, it's been a long time. Yeah, I bet you're still doing the same thing. Yeah, we're still doing the same thing. No plans are changing. Why? Because it's the best same thing. Because it's Jesus' same thing. And we're not going to change. But the doors are still open and you can come back. Oh, building would fall in on my head. No, it wouldn't. I've inspected every joint. Personally, uh, I know how that works. And by the way, we did the same at Union. We don't need to at Morris Park because it's rented right now. Uh, that's uh, Filippo's problem. But uh, uh, when you get your own building, I'm sure I'll be up there to start uh, uh, messing things up and uh, making sure it works right and all those good things. And listen, we're to look diligently because we can step out of the way and we can lose what Jesus has given for us. To us, There's not a one of us that's not tempted to look away to this world. And we need that firm reminder. Wake up! 
Let's get back to Jesus. Let's start at Bethlehem's manger and let's just walk the path one more time to be reminded. Now, I want you to turn to chapter 13. We'll be done in just a moment here. It says in verse 10, it says, We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek for one to come. You know, I get asked a lot of times, uh, Baptist, what is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. You got a couple hours? I'll explain that to you. I have no problems doing that. I did not grow up a Baptist. I'm not the son of Baptist parents. Uh, We were in an evangelical church, maybe Baptistic you might use the word, but I want to tell you, if you go to that church today, they'll tell you they're an independent Baptist church because they came to the same conclusion that I did, that I don't have the right to start my own church since Jesus already started his. We are not Protestants. We've never been a part of the Catholic Church. Because in order to be a Baptist, you must repudiate anything that you've had done before by anybody who isn't authorized by the words of this book right here. And that identifies you as a Baptist. By the way, that happens after you're saved, not before. You see, the Bible says we're to go without the camp. We're not supposed to be mainstream. Because Jesus isn't mainstream. Do you remember what he said to Joshua outside the city of Jericho? Joshua sees Jesus standing there with his sword drawn. And Joshua being uh, a brave and courageous man says, Whose side are you on? Ours or theirs? He says, Nay. I'm on my side as the captain of the Lord's host. And Joshua said, I want to be on your side. And he took his shoes off and fell on his face before the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's what we need to do. We're we're not here to get the Lord on our side. We're here because we want to be on his side. Because we want to follow his plan. Because we want to do things his way. Because... I I do love New York City. It is my adopted home. I've lived here for close to 30 years. Somebody said, where would you live if you you couldn't live in New York City? I said, I'm here. This is where I want to be because this is where God's put me. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. But I'll tell you this. I am looking forward to the new Jerusalem. How about you? No electric bill in the New Jerusalem because Jesus is the light of that city. And though the Bible doesn't speak of it, I imagine he's the heating and cooling as well. Amen? 
I don't think we're going to need all of those things that we have to put up with and pay for down here. But you have to have a right to enter that city. Only those that are redeemed can enter in through those gates. And God doesn't need guards because He's God. He has a way of making sure that no one but those that have trusted in Jesus Christ to save them. The first message was to the shepherds. That's why we sang that song, Hasten, Hasten, Come See the Cradle of the King. I just like that song. It's fun. We're going to sing it again here in a minute. You and I, we can't go to Bethlehem. In fact, we cannot see with our physical eyes the Lord Jesus Christ at all. If we're going to see him, we have to see him through the words of this book. It's called faith. And if you have found your faith in Jesus Christ, you know what it means to have peace in your heart. And the strength of God to keep you in the way. But I want to challenge you. When's the last time you really looked at Jesus? It's interesting to think of the manger in Bethlehem and the little baby. I'd even thought about trying to download some recording and just not tell anybody, but Brother Zach, and at the moment, have him push the play button here. Everybody go, oh, what happened? Uh, But I'm not into showmanship, so we didn't do that. I'd just tell you about it because I knew you'd laugh. Uh, But we see Jesus on the cross. But my favorite place is the empty tomb. At the right hand of the Father, praying for us so that we would look unto Him and walk in His way. So that we would refuse the accolades of the world and say, I'll go without the gate. I'll go out of the mainstream. I'm not going to just listen to everybody else because they call it church. I want to follow Jesus. You know what? That's how you celebrate Christmas now, isn't it? That's the message of Jesus. And by the way, that's how you keep Christmas all the year through. It's just looking unto Jesus. And by the way, that'll help you put up with all of the terrible people that live in this world. But when we talk about all the people that are hard to get along with, how many of you have had problems getting along with yourself? Do you know how to get along with yourself? You follow Jesus, and you won't have time to fight with yourself. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? I mean, isn't that simple? Our theme this year is, except you be converted and become as little children, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And that's very childish, but I'll tell you something, it works. It'll save you $300 an hour to the psychiatrist, I promise you. And they're probably not that cheap anymore. But our final home is in New Jerusalem. You'll get there if you'll start at Bethlehem's manger and follow Jesus to the cross. Then to the empty tomb and to the right hand of the Father where he intercedes for us.
Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed. And I've asked my wife and daughter to do a song that she has written. It just simply asks the question, would you come and bow? And if you'd listen to the words, and if you'd like to pray right there at your seat, you're more than welcome to. If you'd like to slip out and and spend some time at an old-fashioned altar, we've dedicated this space across the front at the steps for people to pray. And if you'd just like to do that on a Christmas Eve to talk to God, I'd encourage you to do that.